What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? We are Deep Dive Sports, and today we have episode two of our Lights Out podcast, and we are starting off with a bang. The Conor McGregor fight was just two days ago, and it is still fresh on mine, so we're going to hit on that first, talk about some of the other fighters on the card, but we got to jump right into Conor. Snapped his leg in half. <laughs> it was that is the widening of the silver injury, obviously. Um, if you weren't there to see it, I mean, it's... It's worth a look if you're not squeamish. I want I want to get everybody else's opinion on this before I jump into it. So, yeah, I think he texted me pretty soon after the fight, and you're <laughs> just like whelp. And the only word that like came to my mind was just unsatisfying. It just sucks. Just like so much build up, and I think overall the fight was obviously going Poirier's way just because of the dominance on top, you know, on the ground. I, I thought the stand up. I thought both of them looked good, to be honest. I mean, I think Connor threw some good kicks. I think Poria had some good strikes. I thought Connor had some good strikes. Obviously, Connor tried to jump the guillotine. I don't think that was very smart. I think I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he felt something and he thought he could, you know, tighten it up a little bit and maybe get the sub. But I don't think it was smart to jump guillotine on Poria, his higher black belt, you know, a higher jujitsu level, and just probably better overall on the ground. You know, Connor's not known for his ground game. But anyway, it's just unsatisfying because it just leaves so many questions what's he going to do next how long is it going to take and obviously just the question of what would have happened if the fight just i just had my hands on my head i was just like squeezing my head my disbelief unreal yeah i I gotta agree with duke on that it's just it was really disappointing and unsatisfying like i like especially what you said it's just like you know there's so much build-up for this fight and for it to only last a round out of five rounds. Like, I, I was expecting, you know, I, I wanted more of a fight, man. But granted, Conor McGregor got weak bones. Like, like, sh- like shit, his his leg just, he just snapped. Like, ah! Yeah. Like, so I, dang, man. Like, I, I almost jumped out of my seat when I saw that. I'm like, I know. Shit. I know. I've been seeing some other stuff I've been looking at just on Instagram and, like, breakdown videos. So Poirier in the post-fight interview said he thinks he fractured, I think fractured, you know, his tibia or his leg. Yeah. When, uh, Connor kicked and Dustin checked it. That's what he said in the post-fight. I've seen some other videos now where uh, it was it was either a kick just to Dustin's leg, and I saw it where it kind of looked like something might have happened to McGregor's McGregor's ankle or you know his tibia when he kicked his. Um, his his thigh. It was right before the end. Connor gets up from the ground. Connor kicks him in the leg, and then they both go to strike. And then that's when Connor falls back. So I've seen a video where it might have happened then, or it might have happened when Connor threw a kick and Dustin kind of blocked it with like his elbow. I saw something going on there, but it's also kind of hard because when you slow down videos, things look like they like wrap around people's legs when they might not have. But I mean, could have been a factor. His coach said that. Something about Connor's ankle or his leg in general was like aggravated through the training. Camp. I think that's something Coach Kavanaugh said. So I don't know. I, I I don't. I don't know when it happened. I've definitely seen the videos that you're talking about. I think Joe Rogan posted one not too long ago, mm-hmm. which I think you're referring to. It, it, it's it is really hard to tell where it happened, but obviously, either one he had a pre-injury in camp, which Coach Kavanaugh said. Could have been an issue, or two, he checked or kicked incorrectly at some point, 
and it just got to the point where walking backwards just snapped the entire bone in half, which is a little ridiculous. But, I mean, I want to touch on the fight. We've touched on the injury. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you mentioned he went into that guillotine, yeah. which is ironic and also hilarious in the fact that you mentioned before the fight that all knockouts count. Them. I know. He said and he, he doesn't count any submissions as losses. That's all bullshit. On his record. Yeah, I I saw also in, I think in the post fight interview like right after the fight one of the uh, broadcasters was saying, I mean again just something they said was uh, Connor tried to jump the guillotine because he felt like the fight wasn't going his way so he was just trying to basically like bet against all odds and just like put all the chips in and go for the sub and try and get the sub real quick as opposed to trying yeah. you know for the fight to to play out and him get beat you know knocked out or whatever yeah uh, again i don't know how much stock you put into that but i mean I, I guess it could be a possibility maybe maybe he underestimated poirier again he said, i don't i mean maybe the first fight he underestimated him a little bit but the second fight I, I think he was he seemed focused i don't think he was underestimating his striking or anything maybe maybe poirier is just better than connor gives him credit for it could just it could just be the case and that or maybe he just felt the guillotine was there i mean poirier also said Poirier was kind of baiting him into the guillotine because he wanted to go to the ground when when he shot in for the you know for the takedown and Poirier was trying to bait him into the guillotine and and then Poirier said as I was baiting him all of a sudden the fence was a little closer than I thought it was and I was like oh I might have played myself here this is a little tighter than I thought it was obviously he got out but right I, I don't really know if I super agree with what the commentary touched on there I mean he threw the guillotine I mean it couldn't have been a half it was probably right around the half around mark. I don't think it was too far in mm-hmm. um, towards the back half, but not. I don't think he was dominated. I, I, I've seen this. I've seen the scorecards. I've seen what people think. I don't think. I thought it was a pretty even fight, to be fair. Um, obviously, Dustin had him on the ground for about a minute and a half in that first round, but I think Connor played a really, really good defensive game, and I think when. The commentators, especially live, were saying that Dustin was hitting a lot of big shots. I don't think they were landing. And not only do I think they were landing, I don't think they were as big as they thought they were at the time. So I thought McGregor had a really good chance to get out of that round and possibly pull a Chad Mendez, just like he did in round one that fight, where he went down to the ground, pulled out some adversity. Round two came out and was like, what's up? Knocked him out. I, I mean, that's what I thought was going to happen. Um, that's what I could sense. I thought oh, shit, maybe Connor actually has this in him. I thought Dustin almost looked a stronger fighter just in terms of the way he was fighting. I felt like Connor just didn't seem all in the ring for me. But I felt like his mind was put towards it. I felt like he could have won that fight. Obviously, we'll never know. And then he, he I don't know whether to love or hate the trash talk after he breaks his leg, but... <laughs> so, I love McGregor's trash talk, but at some point yeah. it's just just uh just shut up and heal up. <laughs> he's just I mean, hey, he's still trying to sell it. I mean, he's yeah. a businessman, he's trying to sell the next fight already. And I mean, if they were to fight next uh, again, right, you know, immediately, you know, he gets healed, does the training camp. Let's say Poirier sits out and they fight next, I think a lot of people would watch it. But I mean, I don't we don't have to segue from this, but I don't know. I don't know if that's the next. I think they do fight again, 
but I don't know if that's either Poirier's or McGregor's next fight. Yeah. In my opinion, I think I think Poirier probably goes for Oliveira. And then I think you got to give McGregor somebody like a couple of people I had in mind. I think Rafael dos Anjos. Obviously, they were supposed to fight way back when they got into it in the backstage and sizing each other up. Another person I had was Max Holloway. I think that'd be an interesting fight. I think a lot of people would watch that. I don't think McGregor's cutting to 145, but I think Holloway would do it at 155. But I still think if he beat Holloway at 155, it would have to give you a little bit of credit. And then maybe he could go for Poirier again or somebody else. But I, I don't think – I think they do fight again, but I don't think it's the next fight to me. Yeah. yeah no, I – yeah, I, I agree with you on that. It's like – like, granted, like, their fight before was uh, January, I believe. So – but – but granted, like it was still such a short span, like six months. But it's like, yeah, I agree with you in a sense. I don't think this that's going to be that's going to be the next fight. It's just them against each other. Yeah, D- Dana White has said that you know he's that fourth fight between them is up in the air for whenever Conor McGregor will heal from his injury if he wants to come back or not. It it might be open in the air for then. But but no, I I I would believe uh, Poirier will go against. Oliveira, 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 yeah. Oliveira, my my apologies, Oliveira for uh for the title fight. He already turned down the title fight once. I don't think he won. Right. Yeah. And Chase, we can go back to the actual fight. Sorry, I didn't mean to take away from that, but I do agree. I I think, you know, I thought Connor came out. I thought he looked. He had a more movement, which is something I said the first time that I think was one of his downfalls. Is he was too stiff, which is something he says about a lot of his opponents, but he just seemed kind of stiff in there, more boxing focused. And this time he came out throwing a lot of kicks, a lot of movement, a lot of head movement. I thought his striking looked good. I, I, I Credit to Poirier. I mean, obviously Poirier's striking looked good too. I thought it was relatively even on the feet. Poirier said that one time he got clipped, he was a little buzzed, but his legs were still there. I'm not sure if anything happened to Connor or not. Probably got rocked. It was there was like a, a five second flurry where I think Corey hit him was like a one. I think it was about two or three shots. I was a little worried for a second just because Connor has the tendency once he gets kind of hit to like back up and kind of shell up against the cage for a second before he decides to go for the clinch or anything. But I thought the striking looked good. I don't like I said already. I don't think jumping the guillotine was a good idea. And I also do agree with you. I think his defense when he was on the ground. I mean, there's always so much you can do. You can either try and, you know, go for a submission, you know, full guard, half guard, something like that. Go for a crazy submission. I don't think Conor McGregor is going for those kind of things. Not that he can't do it, but I don't think he's going for those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So I think he's just going to try and ride the wave out like he did against Nate Diaz or Chad Mendes, like you mentioned. And then, you know, get up for the second round and try and go at it again. I mean, Conor's great at making adjustments. We've seen that throughout his career, you know, Nate Diaz one, Nate Diaz two, but also just mid fight adjustments. We've seen that before. And um, yeah, I don't think the shots were as big as the commentators were saying or as bad as the commentators were saying. And then Poirier was like, get him up. And it was probably the last 15 seconds. And then Connor throws a kick, may or may not have broken his leg, but fractured it. They both go to punch. And then I see Connor McGregor fall back. And I was like, I thought they both just missed each other when they punched. And then immediately just points to his leg. Unsatisfying. That's the only word I got. You know, it's like they, they both did really well, I think. It may, like, Conor McGregor did come off very strong with his the kicking. 
He went back to his old formula and started mixing. They were very strong. And he also did a very good defensive game, especially when Poirier was trying to give him kicks back, saw him like mm-hmm. reflecting. And also Poirier, great, great on him too. He still gave some good kicks. One of his kicks might have, you know, gave a crack in his leg. We don't know. <laughs> but uh, but also some good striking. But, you know, I, obviously when Poirier uh, baited him or wanted to, wanted to get into the guillotine that McGregor put him in, I think. You know, if McGregor kept that grip, if he kept that, if he held that, squeeze it tighter, he would definitely had him. But it's like once he lost that grip, you know, with with as good as uh, you know, on on the ground that Poirier is, you know, there's only so much he can. Yeah. And you know, and and that showed. But once he once he had control on top, obliterated him. You know, and and, and yeah, and it's like it, and when Poirier got okay, yeah, get up. You know, I I think. It was obviously looking like it was going to go in the second round, but you know, it, as we know, crack, you know, break his flipping ankle, and then you know, it, it is it. what it is. But, but I, I thought overall it was a good, good match, and you know, unfortunately, uh, ended it too early. Thing is, you can chase. I'm sure you saw this. Is that or you know this, Antonio too? Just you can go for like standing guillotines. He could have just mm-hmm. not jumped to the ground. Oh but yeah, he, he went for it. Obviously, like I said, he might have felt something. Yeah, he went was the wrong decision. All in. Yeah. Um, which I don't, I don't hate him for it. You know, you can say what you want to say. Knockouts don't matter. We watch the sport of MMA for a reason, and I enjoy the submission part of MMA. I enjoy Conor McGregor. I enjoy his fights. But if he would have pulled off that submission, I wouldn't have held anything against him. I think that would have been amazing. But another thing to go along with that is something we can definitely touch on in a minute, but I definitely thought the fight was really even. Um, I don't know if I really said that, but I thought it was a really close fight. I think it could have been anybody's game. I think based off what I saw in one round, I think it still probably would have been Dustin, which will probably lead to another conversation about, you know, is is McGregor still even at the level where he can fight the top-ranked fighters in the world? Is he kind of like a mid-ranked fighter now? You know, he kind of went off that that trash talking, get in your mind like he did with everybody before him, where his trash talk was just so constant and so berating, where his opponents were so focused on the trash talk and wanting to shut him up that they just lost focus. And that's how Connor won two champions. I mean, he was the first one to do it. Champ, champ. I mean, but yeah, back to the guillotine. I mean, you look at the guillotine and you look at the position in which Dustin and Connor are in. I thought you were going to touch on this when you mentioned it. The standing, I thought Dustin had a little bit of grippage to the fence with a couple of appendages for a minute, and I thought I thought it was going to get noticed. I, I definitely think he got away with a little sneaky one there, and I think it helped just enough, honestly, to get him that leverage that he needed to get out of that guillotine against. And I think that was a huge call because I definitely think when Dustin says – he was going into that, oh, shit, I think I baited myself here. I think that's right a split second before he grabbed that leverage, just for a second, to get himself a little higher up and a little bit more out of that that hold. And that's, I mean, I mean, it is what it is, what happened, happened. But yeah. I don't know if anybody else noticed that. I think a lot of fighters do that. I mean, it's just like instinctual, you know, like as soon as you feel yourself getting in trouble, you try and grab on for something to like, create leverage or anything like that. I don't think it's like 
super intentional all the time. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's probably not. It's just instinctual. Like I'm going to grab this, you know what I mean? Get out of this real quick and then go back to work. But I didn't see that. I, I heard, uh, Perry was saying that Connor was holding his gloves in order to get better up kicks when he was on the ground. I'll have to look at that one, but I, I don't know how you would even be close enough to hold someone's glove and kick them at the same time, but saying it's false, but they probably got a, they probably both got away with the little sneaky one there, but who knows? I don't know if any of it changed the course of the fight. I mean, obviously Connors didn't, a poor A's did, but. So we can move on from that. I think I, I really know what you guys think about what's next for McGregor. We'll just touch on that. Personally, I know, I don't know if he actually wants to seriously fight anymore. I, I don't know what he, I, I, it's hard to tell what he really wants, but after this, I think either he tries to make a comeback fight with the trilogy with Nate Diaz or he retires. I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's any other option. I think if he beats Nate Diaz, I think maybe he tries to go, Hey, yo, give me the player quadruple. I don't know what even you'd call it at that point. Cause I don't think there's been a, a quintuplet match here. I, I don't even see that happening personally. I think. With the track record that Connor's had and what he just happened to him, I think he's done. It's fair. I mean, I could see a fight with Nate Diaz. I mean, it makes sense. That's obviously one of his biggest rivals, and it's one and one. It makes sense. I, I listed earlier. I said Rafael dos Anjos just because they were supposed to fight forever. Fight forever ago, and there's always been kind of a little bad blood there. And then he sees him here. He was the Rafael dos Anjos uh, was the alternate for the fight. So in case anything happened, either Connor or Dustin. He was going to go in and fight. So he was there in Las Vegas and he had to weigh in at 155 and everything like that. So he was there and he ran into Connor and they got into it in the backstages and whatnot. I think that'd make for an interesting fight. I mean, I, I've watched Rafael dos Andres over the years. I'm not saying it would be the biggest pay per view buy, but I think that if Connor comes back, maybe if he doesn't fight Diaz, I think that makes kind of some sense. I mean, Rafael dos Andres, he's pretty high ranked in the lightweight division. Plus, there's a little bad blood, and they were supposed to fight before, so I could see Connor kind of digging that one up. And then if he beats Dos Anjos, then maybe he, then that gives him a little stock to do a little bit of whatever he wants with the upper division guys. I think Rafael Dos Anjos, I think he's like he's ranked seven right now. That was before they Connor just lost, though I believe I'm not sure if that's 100 percent accurate, but he was seven at least. So I think that that could be an option. And I said before. Holloway, that kind of seems like a good option too. Obviously, Connor beat him before at 145. Holloway is willing to fight at 155, I'm sure. I think a lot of people would watch that too. That'd be a big pay per view buy. A lot of people know Max Holloway. And obviously, Holloway is just a way different fighter than he was back then. I think that'd be a good fight. I, I would I would tune in to watch that. I, I think you're right. I think those are Diaz is probably a, a good bet. I think maybe the other two guys are also could be in the line somewhere. But then also, in the end, it's just Conor McGregor. Whenever McGregor, you know, wins or loses, as a fan, I always get sad because you never know when he's going to come back. And you never know what he's going to do. He could go to boxing next. He could fight somebody else. He could fight somebody else at 170. You just don't really know. You don't know if he's going to come back or when he's going to come back. And then if, if he does, who is he going to fight? Yeah, that's fair. Um <laughs> I like that you mentioned Connor at 170 because I thought Connor looked like an absolute beast at 170, and I wish he kept fighting at 170. But um, I mean, not just because I mean, 
no offense to Cerrone. I mean, he's not a top, top fighter. And that was probably an easy fight for Connor to make in his comeback, which, you know, props to him for making that fight. But I thought Connor looked like he could have taken out a lot of people in that division, not just because of the way that fight was, just because the way he looked and the way he was fighting when he came back. But anyway, that's not really the topic of this conversation. Well, um, hold on one sec. You could you could make a little Jorge Masvidal action. That, now we get, that a, lot be a, fight. Now yeah. we get a lot of buys. That'd be a good fight. I don't think Jorge would shoot in for the takedowns. It'd be straight fisticuffs. I mean, you could make that. You could make that fight. I, I didn't think about that. That would, yeah. that would be a bad fight. That could be well, that could be his next fight because Masvidal's he lost his past two fights, right? To Usman, two yeah. people he fought last, and now Connor's zero and two in his last two fights. So a couple of guys on the losing end going at it. That would that would be a good fight. One seventy. That's why I like Connor so much too, because you can almost throw him anywhere. I mean, he's fought almost everywhere. I don't think he's going down to one forty five anymore, but oh, he yeah. would go one fifty five or one seventy. Yeah. And, but that's the other thing with Connor, too, is as much as I love Connor and as much as I love MMA and watching him, I just don't know. I mean, you, you, you mentioned it exactly. You just don't know. You don't know if he's coming back. He could win his next three fights and just be like, yeah, whatever. I didn't make it to the title because I was fighting, you know, I lost and I lost and then I injured and then I lost and then I won. And then he's just like, you know what, whatever. Thanks for the cheese. Yeah, he's retired like ten times. Theory. He's literally retired like ten times. So you just never know, and it just sucks as a fan. And I mean, just is it? Yeah, just as a fan, it just sucks. I want to see him fight again, but you never know. Um, well, before we wrap this thing up, um, I mean, we could talk about Connor all night in, in so many different directions, but I want to hit on the main or the, the rest of the main card a little bit. Um, obviously, Sugar Sean O'Malley fought one of my token favorite fighters. From the first podcast, what a fight that was! Like just out of absolutely nowhere, what an absolute banger that was! When I first heard that he was fighting a debutant in the UFC on eleven days' notice, I was like, "Why are we even making this fight? Like O'Malley's gonna knock him out in thirty seconds, and then that'll be that. That guy's gonna get released." And oh my god, what? How wrong was I? Definitely, definitely fight of the night with the seventy-five k bonus. Uh, you got to give some stock to. Chris Matino, man. I mean, I've never heard of him before. Like you said, I mean, he's pretty new, but I mean, he's definitely tough. <laughs> I think uh, I was watching the fight at one point. I don't even know what round it was. He had absorbed 144 strikes to the cranium. And I think unofficially, there was Sean O'Malley hit him with 230 strikes total. And uh, that's just kind of insane. Everything was. I mean, you could tell when somebody's hitting somebody when somebody's neck keeps snapping back and their head keeps snapping back. Right. And if you watch that fight back, all Chris's head does is just snap back every time Sean throws a jab or anything Sean throws. Just the movement was – I mean, it was like a perfect fight. There was I don't think Sean couldn't do anything better other than knock him out. But even then, I think it's just more exciting, obviously, to watch the fight go on and Sean just delivered it. A hell of a performance, and I think he should be proud. I I think he is proud. I think I read somewhere that he's not that mad that he didn't get the knockout. Just just great fight overall. Yeah, I um I couldn't believe it honestly. I legitimately there was a couple of moments in there where I was I thought I think it was mainly round two and start of like mid round three where I genuinely thought that O'Malley 
had made some big mistakes and was probably going to get knocked out in a couple of punches. And if that would have happened, I would have lost my absolute set because there was a couple of moments where Chris was just not letting down and he was throwing some haymakers. Yeah. The pressure his ass absolutely kicked. And I was like, if he connects with one of these, O'Malley's hitting the floor. There's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. It makes, I mean, fighters are dangerous when they get backed into a corner like that. Like I always, whenever I'm watching fights, whenever you know a fighter's down two rounds out of three and it goes into the third round, you know that that fighter's, I mean, he's going all in. He's throwing haymakers. He's throwing the wildest. He's throwing as hard as he can because he's got to get the finish or the sub. But typically they they like to go for the finishes. But yeah, and I I agree with you. There was a couple of times where I was holding my breath because Chris was swinging for the fences. And if one one of them connected, I don't know how, I don't know. But it, they look, they look hard and they look fast, and I was holding my breath there for a minute. But Sean had great movement, and his ankles held up this time. <laughs> yeah, um, he called out, I think Rob Font after after the fight. He called out like nineteen people. Yeah, yeah, Rob Font. I think probably probably makes the most sense. Pretty high, high ranks. Yeah. He's three in the bantamweight. I think it's time to give. Sugar Sean O'Malley, a little somebody that makes a little bit of sense because he's been doing a lot for the UFC. So I think it's time they pay him. I I don't mind that call out at all, actually. Um, I don't know if we give it to him. I think we can give him definitely a ranked opponent. I mean, it's a little, it was a little iffy for me when I was thinking about it. Like, okay, he beat a debut in, in the UFC. He didn't really even knock him out. Like, do we really give him a ranked opponent right now? But then you got to hold up. Like, just because he's a debutant in the UFC doesn't mean he's not had professional fights before. And, I mean, he's 9-4. and four. He wasn't awful, but he definitely gave Sean, like, the, the, I mean, he gave him the business. He was like, I'm not I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stand here and I'm going to take every single one of your punches, um, which was, I mean, just great for the fight. But I, I, don't, I don't know if we give him that high yet. I think we definitely need to give him at least probably close to a top 10 ranking. Like maybe eight, nine, ten, eleven around there. Yeah, nine is, if, nine they is make, if they Cruz. make the Rob Font fight, I mean, I'm I'm watching it 100. percent Yeah, I think I think Dominic Cruz is nine, so that would that wouldn't be a bad fight. Dominic Cruz, Sean O'Malley, that'd be a pretty good one. I would yeah, that would be a great fight. I love Dominic Cruz and the Sun Sal and Jimmy Riviera in there. Those are all. Yeah, those are some good guys. That's around what you're talking about. Nine, ten, eleven. Those are, I mean, those make sense. Rob Font's pretty high, I agree. But at some point, you gotta give, you gotta give Sean a little something because he's done a lot. He had one bad fight. He was winning the fight until his ankle gave out. So I don't know, but I, I don't disagree with you. Anybody ranked, I think, is makes the most sense. Uh, one particular fight that I watched was uh, Ty Tuivasa against Greg Hardy. Um, that that was a quick knockout. 67 seconds yeah and it's just you know i i definitely i definitely like how uh ty um he he just he just gave great cardi the you know and uh and definitely i I think uh greg greg hardy in the beginning and i know he pointed the middle of the octagon was like get in the middle so we could begin this fight and then the fight began and he got his ass whooped so <laughs> so it's just, and I know Ty said after the fight is that the 
I don't think Greg Hardy's going to ever play in the middle of the octagon again. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, <you> I don't. <laughs> what actually, uh, I, I rewatched it, but um, I think what actually started the exchanges, if I'm correct, I think Greg Hardy actually kind of rocked Ty for a second, or maybe just buzzed him a little bit, or, you know, maybe he was off balance for a second off one of the punches that Greg Hardy threw. And Greg Hardy rushed in and got clipped. Yeah. And that was it. And Greg Hardy is fairly new in the UFC. I, I'm not sure. He probably yeah. has like five fights, if I was to guess, maybe four or well, five, going, six fights. Well, going into the going into the match, he, he had seven wins, three losses, and one no contest. Okay. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know if all those were in the UFC, but maybe they were. But yeah, that's what started the finishing sequence. There is that Greg Hardy rushed in, got careless, got mm-hmm. caught, and that was it. And then when Ty was getting his hand raised, Greg Hardy's eye already was oh, just man. rolling shut, like oh, a yeah. softball in his eye already. And it was like three minutes later, so it must have been a hard shot. That's. I mean, he's gonna learn. That's one thing you almost never got to do when you're a heavyweight is rush in. Yeah, you know that they're down bad. You're not. Don't rush in there. I mean, it got literally implanted into his brain at this point. I don't think you're ever gonna see Greg Hardy rush another heavyweight again. He didn't even let that shot. wasn't even that clean. No, it, it was. It was more so like an out of reaction. Yeah, kind yeah. of like just, wailing fists, and it just happened to hit him right in the eye. Absolutely off. turned him out with like the front of his fist. Mm-hmm. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, but uh, I'm glad for Ty. I mean, he's he's stringing together a couple, couple of wins. I think he gets a ranked opponent next. Oh yeah, yeah. So. He's um he's definitely quickly becoming one of the more entertaining and likable fighters in the UFC. Um, yeah, so good for him. All right, guys. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us here today. All really good points. I think. Uh, I don't know where we all really stand on McGregor here. I know I think he's going to probably retire. I think you both think he's probably going to come back, but just you never know when. It could be two years from now, even though he's probably going to be back in about eight months. Yeah. yeah it's just going to ultimately decide just based how he comes back from this and where his mindset is. Yeah. You know, mindset and physically, you know, we'll see what happens. You're right. But thanks for tuning in, guys. Hope everyone has a good night. I'll see you all in the next one. Peace. Lights out. Hey everyone, thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.